it's something a little different this week. Two movies that I've not seen before. The Australian Cargo, starring Sherlock's Martin Freeman, and the Canadian rural zombie flick Ravenous. Both of them are on Netflix and free, um, other than the idea that you do pay for Netflix, and I have no real grasp on either of them, having not seen them before. I am sailing into the unknown, like the 2004 Dawn of the Dead survivors, rather, rather than staying safe, relatively, in the knowledge that I was watching something I'd seen before, from the comfort of my fortified shopping mall. It's not the fear factor, the gore, the sudden jumps from off-camera, screams and hiding behind a pillow that bothers me. It's the fact that the movies could just be bad. And I know that this is inevitably going to happen. After all, this is the genre that has a lot of low-budget, poor quality and, and just terrible movies attached to it. But at least with those that I've seen before, I know if they are decent or not. I can manage my own expectations. In this case, I can't. So I guess we'll just have to see. This is The Undead Symphony, Episode 5, Cargo and Ravenous. Before he hit the big time with The Office, then Sherlock, then the Hobbit movies, Martin Freeman, who, who lives a few streets from me here in North London, was always there or thereabouts, trying to make it big. His career started in 1997, when he was in plenty of movies of all genres, including a Faith No More music video. Do they still have those? Nowadays, he's in demand in the MCU appearing in Captain America Civil War and both Black Panthers. He is the new Arthur Dent in my beloved Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and he's in the best of the new series of Fargo. He's tried his hand at everything, and most of the time succeeds. Fair play to him. Freeman has dabbled in horror before as well, the British ghost stories anthology that people raved about a few years back. But this movie, Cargo, appeared in 2017 and completely passed me by. The Cargo, in the title, being his baby daughter, Rosie. And before I start, it is the virus that infects humans who then turn into rabid, psychopaths kind of movie, not the dead returning and wanting to eat brains. A relatively modern phenomenon. The brain-eating, that is. Before 1985 and Return of the Living Dead, they just consumed human flesh. There was no word of brains. So why do they need to do it now? Well, the given answer is that when a zombie eats the brains of the living, that they end up eating the endorphins as well, or ingesting the endorphins as well. And that eases the pain that they're suffering as their body decays and rigor mortis sets in. Sounds feasible, I guess. There's a, there's a creature feature uh, set in a museum where the creature kills humans to eat their thalamus. What's it called? 
the movie, the movie, not the monster, the relic. I I loved the relic back in the day. Interesting, uh, but off topic. So this is the infected human type of zombie movie, and we shall see what I think of it um, at the end. Okay, um, well that was a bit emotional. The movie starts a little pedestrian, quiet, slow. Well, Martin Freeman, his wife and baby daughter are on a houseboat, slowly moving down the river. You learn uh, from Martin picking up virus test kits out of the water that there is a plague affecting humans. The whole of the Australian seaboard is affected, and once bitten, you have 48 hours before the symptoms appear and, and finally take you over. The symptoms in this case are vomiting, a fever, seizures, and then this horrible brown syrupy discharge from wounds, the eyes, nose and mouth. It then goes into another phase, after a brief period of hibernation in the dark, and you see lots of humans with their head literally in the ground, um, from which the infected come out fully taken over by the virus, and now a homicidal maniac with no self-control. As per all of our stories in the zombie apocalypse, resources are scarce, food, drink, Medical supplies are all rarities, and the family has about three days of food remaining on the, on the houseboat. And Martin and his wife argue about this, with, with her wanting to go onto land to forage for more, before they come across a yacht, wrecked and anchored by flotsam in the river. Martin goes over on a rowboat and finds three months' worth of food, although there is something there, hiding in the cupboard. He also finds a bottle of wine that he keeps a secret from his wife before wrapping it for her as a gift. She then finds the bottle of wine hidden in his toolbox and decides to head over herself to the yacht to find him a present, uh, a razor, so he can shave off his beard that she doesn't like. Martin then wakes from his nap with Rosie to find that his wife is gone and there were pools of blood on the riverboat on the houseboat floor and a razor and he discovers her in the toilet suffering from a bad bite on her leg and the decision is made for them as they'd argued about travelling to a nearby town that has a hospital or, or staying on the river now with barely two days before she turns they have to head on to land then the movie becomes a bit of a, a road movie, a trek across ancient Australian lands. It is the outback. You also follow the story of Toomey, an Aboriginal girl whose father has turned and, and is tied up with a, with a bike guard made from sticks and twine. Her people are cleansing the land with fire, killing the infected. But she feeds her dad dead rabbits. The effect infected, you see, are drawn to carrion. They just want to eat meat, rotting or otherwise. And she keeps him in a cave, behind a set of bars made from sticks. But after sleeping, she wakes to find him gone. 
After stealing a car, Martin drives his family through the red, sandy outback. His wife is not doing well, oozing the brown syrupy discharge from the bite in her leg. She only has a few hours left before she turns, but Martin is determined to get her to the hospital. But then he looks ahead and Toomey's father is in the middle of the road, causing Martin to swerve the car and crash into a tree. When he wakes up, he sees that his wife has written the words, Save her, in her own blood on the door. And he looks more closely to check to see if she is dead, only for her to attack him and bite him. He struggles to get out of the car and get Rosie to safety before going back to the car and killing his wife. Now, the landscape of the movie has changed. Instead of survival via whatever means, Martin now has one single purpose, to get Rosie to safety. And he only has 48 hours to do it. It's quite heart-rendering, really. It feels a bit like The Road with Viggo Mortensen and, and trying to get his kid through it all. It is bleak and harrowing, knowing that he will die and acknowledging that, but still being focused solely on helping his daughter survive. There is a theme of the old ways, in quotes, of the Aboriginals. Martin arrives at a school with the supposed hospital next door. The teacher remains and explains that her pupils, who are all Aboriginal, uh, have, all, have all left and are now part of hunting parties trying to stop the outbreak and burning the infected whilst following the old ways of their people. And the hospital? It's been abandoned for a long time and Martin has his first seizure there and realises, for the sake of his daughter, he has to push on. He bids farewell to the teacher and heads towards a military base marked on the map. And on the way there, he meets Vic, who is in need of his help, having trapped himself under some camping gas bottles. In a zombie apocalypse, any apocalypse actually, not just a zombie apocalypse, there are basically three kinds of people. Those that want to help. Those that want to bury their head in the sand and wait for it to all go away. And those who want to rip you off. Now Vic seems to be the first. He has a wife and a complex with food and water and power. He has guns and, and takes Martin out to shoot the infected. The infected that are drawn by meat at a cage in the bush. Although when he gets closer though, Martin discovers that the actual bait isn't the meat. Toomey is in the cage, prisoner. Back at camp, Vic's wife explains that she isn't his wife at all, and that he's actually holding her prisoner after leaving her husband to die. Then Vic appears and knocks Martin out. He then wakes in the cage next to Toomey with the infected closing in. But he's a smart guy, is our Martin, and he quickly formulates a plan to use the infected to get them out. The plan works, and they, they head back to the compound to rescue Rosie and the woman. Martin takes a gun, puts Rosie on his back, but Vic wakes up and starts shooting at them, killing the woman, as Martin and Toomey run into the darkness, with baby Rosie on Martin's back. They are walking ghosts. That's how the Aboriginals see the undead. 
well, the infected. Toomey says of the dozens of infected hiding in a train tunnel. That's what she says. These are walking ghosts hibernating. But then there's a final confrontation with Vic. Martin is shot and Vic shows his true colours, crying with baby Rosie in his arms at the loss of the woman that he loved, despite keeping her prisoner. And then we have to endure Martin's deterioration and eventual turning as the aboriginals head towards this safe land, a lush green oasis surrounded by mountains and completely disease-free. So looking back on it, how do I feel about cargo? Well, you'd do anything for your baby, right? Or your wife. Martin's single simple mistake, logically, was leaving the boat and trying to get his wife to the hospital. Logically, she knew she had no chance, and she wanted to be left. Martin, though, exhibiting the behaviour seen in so many zombie movies where a wife has turned and the husband is in denial, does what his heart wants rather than his head. I liked it, though. It was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed watching it for the first time. I don't think I need to watch it a second, but I'd recommend it. And now, on to movie number two, Ravenous. If I knew, says a newly bitten Vezina, I'd have emptied my bank account and taken my kid to see Mickey Mouse. Well, personally, if I had known, I may have picked a different movie. My issue, and one of many with this French-Canadian offering, is you don't see anything happening. To save money on special effects, you don't see characters being bitten or shotgun shells to the head or throats being torn out. What happens is there's a cutaway to something else, maybe the fucking forest, and when it cuts back, the guy has his throat ripped out. It is very slow. It feels like you're watching a play and not a particularly good one minimal dialogue and then when there is dialogue it's stilted and awkward it's like everyone in Canada is embarrassed to speak to each other here's an idea stand in silence listening staring into the woods until well until the screaming running zombies come for you then you jump in your pickup truck a pickup truck that inexplicably has the windows down and then in the pickup truck before you start the engine you wait in silence and stare out of the windshield until you can see the zombies running at you. I mean, they do a few right things, but there's so much they do wrong. There's too many wrong turns. A slow ear pushed to a door in a house they're clearing, and then slowly opening the door, advancing slowly into the room with a small axe they'd never used before. There was a box of kittens at some point, a close-up of a cup, sullen, thoughtful silences, but as, the, as an audience, you don't know why there are sudden or sullen, thoughtful silences in the first place. We don't know what they're thinking about. Nothing led up to it. When it comes to it, Ravenous is not a slow burner because it doesn't even get going. There's lots of staring, listening, and reacting when they are on top of you. And it just really annoyed me. At one point, 
uh, a female character has just peed in a field and then steps on a mousetrap. It goes off. Rather than running back to the truck immediately, jumping in and then driving off, she stands, listening in silence until, inevitably, an infected turns up. And then she drops to the ground and crawls at grass level. And then later, the next scene, in the same field, she's screaming her head off about wanting to go back to work and for everything to be normal. There is so much stupid here. Rather than saving the woman, which the main guy did, and then a girl effectively creating a ready-made apocalyptic family, uh, and then driving the hell away and finding somewhere safe, he basically drives to a field, gets out, leaves the truck behind, and heads to the next confrontation with the zombies. There's far too much of that going on. What happened to putting your crew together, fortifying somewhere, weaponing, weaponizing yourselves, stocking it up with food and whatever you need, taking a stand? What we get is more dull dialogue, awkward silences, running away, parking up, dull dialogue, awkward silence, running away. As I said, it bugged me. And then about 40 minutes into it, I realised I'd actually seen it before. I've seen Ravenous before. I'd just blocked it from my memory. The infected are building a shrine at some point, a beacon out of household, household items, much like uh, the the tower in, in the Samuel L. Jackson and John Cusack zombie movie Cell. Um, and the idiot main character goes to see it. The idiot woman, who was safe in the car with the girl and should be looking after the girl, also decides to leave the car to get out and walk slowly up the road until, yes, you guess it, one of the zombies sees them, screams and calls all the others. And then... (sighs) The zombies just stand in silence, looking at them, staring... And then there's this, there's this scene that happens as seen from within the cab of the pickup when the main character gets out and sees the two grannies um, and he gets a slap in silence. There's a, there's a shot of a, of a net curtain blowing in a window. Jesus, Mary, Joseph and the wee donkey, really. The number of survivors grows. We've, we gain a businesswoman who's pretty handy with a machete, two shotgun-toting grannies, an old man with a limp, and a teenager with a rifle that put down his own mum. But there are no jumps, no bangs. The farm that they're all staying in is overrun at some point, but we're not talking about Herschel's farm at the end of The Walking Dead Season 2. Oh, no. These are, this is leg-height footage of zombies running and knocking over rocking chairs on the porch. Oh my. Now, as I said, the uh, the businesswoman is pretty handy with a machete. Not that you see her kill anyone. It's all out of shot. All very dull. I mean, they wipe out all the zombies from the farm, but you don't see any of it. Just a couple of kills, and then a long, protracted scene of the survivors thinking not even talking about what had happened. I mean, at one point, well, at several points, 
I had to fast forward. The movie was that bad and that slow. They are walking in one scene, slowly, right to left, until they find an empty place. <sighs> Three of the group get bitten, uh, and then, but the killing is silent. And then there's an, there's an inexplicable shot of horses running through the forest. And then they're at the next quiet barn. If The Walking Dead had started like this movie, the pilot wouldn't have even been picked up. Even the massive battle at the end, at the shrine, as the businesswoman goes full Danny Trejo, crazy with her machete before some arty shots of blood fountains when she gets killed. It's terrible. God, I hated it. I hated it the first time I saw it, and I hated it even more the second time. I actually resent watching this movie. I blanked it out of my memory last time, and I may well have to do the same thing again. It might need therapy. If I ever say to you guys... I may watch that um, Canadian zombie movie Ravenous again. Stop me. Tie me to a chair. Slap me around a bit. But don't, whatever you do, let me put it on again. I don't need to see it. It just winds me up. Cargo, on the other hand, it was good. It was a surprise. I mean, I'm sure... There are like there's a Native American zombie movie out there where older civilizations consider the dead to be something different, something spiritual, old ways, rituals, and the earth taking back what had been taken from it. You know, it's a good slant. The Aboriginals in Cargo talk about the dead being walking ghosts, and I'm sure there must be some Native American version of it. I like it. I like that. I started by saying Cargo was a bit pedestrian, but that was the pace of the movie. Ravenous was even slower. It was like watching a TV sink painstakingly slowly into quicksand. It was a slow watch, and I, I didn't enjoy it. So if you're listening to this, thinking about what to watch on Netflix, I mean, Cargo was was all right for what it was you know it's minimal cast australian outback aboriginal not many zombies to be fair it was actually more about the people that you met it was more about martin freeman's time with his child and wanting to get it to safety ravenous i don't even know where to start so i'm not going to i'm going to score them Ravenous, I am going to give it a more than generous three. And that's purely because uh, of the quality of the photography. Uh, boring as it was, um, it wasn't done with a handheld camera. It's probably the entire version of whatever the Canadian BBC budget is for a year. Um, so, generous three, I think, for that. I'd probably give Cargo a six. Um, it isn't a big running zombie massive battle. It doesn't have a lot of the, the the stuff that we want. Well, I want anyway in my zombie in my zombie movies. But as a standalone, 
I liked it. I liked the concept. Martin Freeman is always good. It's pretty. You know, I love movies set in Australia. Young Einstein is one of my favourite movies of all time. I love it. Uh, and it kind of works well. There's not that many Australian zombie movies. There is another Australian zombie movie we're going to watch soon, Little Monsters. It's brilliant and much more like the thing that we want. Um, so that's it. Uh, Ravenous, it's a no. Cargo, it's a yes. So that was episode five of the Undead Symphony. Ravenous and Cargo. Next up, hmm, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs>